thanks to the sponsor of today's episode, Hatch. You guys know I invest with Hatch and something I've mentioned before is Hatch Weekly, the newsletter sent straight to my inbox. I don't often keep a close eye on investing news, so this really helps me to improve my general knowledge. Property investing without the ladder? That was a title this week that had me hooked. REITs or Real Estate Investment Trusts are companies that own or finance real estate that us without a deposit just yet can invest into with Hatch. There is one called Apartment Income REIT Corp um, or code AIRC which basically provides us with a way to invest in a portfolio of apartments in the multifamily sector. So multifamily means multiple separate housing units and one or few buildings in a complex. So it's a very interesting find on this week's Hatch Weekly. Make sure you have a look into what investments suit you best before committing. It's always good to keep educated with some easy reading to get you started, but I found that super cool. And if you're ready and want to get started investing with Hatch, there's a link in my bio to sign up where you can grab an extra $20 NZD top up when you make your first deposit of $100 NZD or more. How good? Thanks so much Hatch for supporting the podcast. Let's get on with the episode. Hey guys, and welcome to The One Up Project. We're simplifying all things finance and lifestyle in a relaxed environment. It's all just a bit of fun, so be sure to keep listening and let the content be a catalyst for your own self-improvement. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of The One Up Project podcast. Here with your favourite, Luke Kimmies. How are you, Luke? Very well. Gee, favourite. That's a big uh, that's a big rap. Uh, I get countless messages from people saying how much they love your episodes and just think you're a huge legend. So Wow, probably two messages, but that's all right. <laughs> that's still, that's still that's something. A lot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I wanted to give Luke a bit of an intro because I never really um, gave him one. And so some people might be thinking, who is this random dude? that Sarah likes to bring on the podcast, but you may recognize him from previous episodes, number one, two, six, seven, nine, eleven, eighteen, thirty, and forty. That's a lot. Yes. I, I didn't realize it was that bad. Yeah. <laughs> so you've had massive input to what is um, the One Up Project, and if you have listened to any of those episodes um, from ages ago, then they're probably not the best so hopefully this one um, is a lot better for you and as in my hosting skills are probably not the best so hopefully um, they've gone a bit better for you over time but Luke is a director at Next Advisory along with his other half Phil who has featured on some of the eps before um, I met them both in the last year of in my last year of university when I needed a university placement so just to give you some context here I actually had three offers one was paid with HelloFresh another one was with a marketing firm and a really lovely modern Parnell office and the last one was with Luke and Phil so my gut told me that I should definitely go with Luke and Phil and I can't tell you how happy I am to uh, how, how happy I am now that I made that decision I was actually reflecting on it the other day and I thought about how it wasn't there was actually nothing that really made me want to choose you guys except the vibe I got like of the few phone calls we had which is so strange that I would even that would be enough for me to make that decision because back then I wasn't really, didn't have the thoughts that I do now, whereas now I take the vibe a lot mm. more seriously. But back then it was just like, no, nah, this seems right. It's interesting that you say that because as you were say, talking, I was thinking, I, I bet it's energy mm. is what the answer was going to be. So yeah. vibe, energy, same yeah, thing. Yeah, same so, thing. Yeah. Totally. So since then, Luke has mentored me, offered me work, introduced me to pretty much his entire work, network and supported me 
through my graduate role, quitting my job and the entire existence of the One Up project. He's taken calls from me stressing out and the ones with the semi-success stories. He has, without a doubt, like definitely defined the way that I approach my career now. So publicly, I just wanted to say thank you for that. Um, even though I've said it before, I honestly don't know how I'll ever repay both you and Luke, and, both you and Phil. And it kind of stresses me out um, that I can't do that, but just know that I do appreciate it. So, with all of that said, I obviously respect your opinion massively um, and your approach to life. So, alongside being a director at Next Advisory, you also founded Punters Club Boys Get Paid. Um, which runs a sick event every January. People should go and check that out. And you're on a mission to help 100,000 Kiwis with financial literacy, so very aligned there, um, through Keep the Change, which is a weekly email um, and resource. And you're just a sought-after speaker and educator in your own right. Now coach as well, so there's a lot going on, um, and that's exactly why I wanted to bring you on. So thank you so much. Wow, that is a hell of an intro. I might send this to my mum so that she can, uh, she can be yeah. proud of me. Um, I would say, firstly, you, you are repaying us and you have already repaid us in that you're, you're actually out there having a crack and the progress that you've made has been awesome to watch and you probably don't see it as much because you know, when you look at yourself in the mirror every day, you don't notice change as much as if you mm. look you know, once and then six months' time. So it's phenomenal to see the journey that you've gone on and continue to go on and actually, you know, going through some of the ups and downs and trying to figure out, hey, what am I supposed to do here? Mm. And then actually doing it your way versus all the advice that you get along the way as well. So don't feel like you're not paying us back. (laughs) No, I appreciate that for sure. Um, And so you guys at Next Advisory, you and Phil, have a podcast um, called the hashtag What's Next Podcast, but you've also got a sort of segment within that called The Next Level. And something you recently spoke about, or maybe it was a few episodes ago, was someone asking you about below-the-line thinking. So can you describe to us what below-the-line thinking is and some examples of that? Yeah, so I started doing The Next Level podcast uh, out of an exercise that I did, which was three things that I really like doing, three things that I hate doing. Mm. And we've now started doing this with clients. And one of the things that I like doing is making content. And that stands out for me. And sometimes I come back from the gym or just some meeting and I think, shit, I should just jump straight into a podcast and do this here and now. And that's usually when I do my best or most meaningful pieces of Mm. content, when I just want to do them in the moment. But often with Phil not being there because he doesn't live with me um, as much as, you know, we could angle Grace <laughs> to us uh, see if we can have him come stay. But I, yeah, I then wait and you know, I catch up with Phil and say, right, I might do this episode or should we do this? And then we sort of do our take on it. And I thought, right, I'm just going to work through a bit of a framework of common conversations and stuff that I'm having with people that are coming to me for help or that are just the things that have worked for me. And so I sort of put this framework together and then sat down and just started pinging them out one by one and they drop sort of every week on a Wednesday I think it is but Mm. anyway included in that is below the line thinking what below the line thinking is is blame excuse deny so our natural uh, inkling whenever we do anything or think about things is to default into that behavior of blaming some when things go wrong for instance or just in general like to blame someone make an excuse or deny what's going on so if you think about if you're driving down the road and you see a police officer instantly you're like oh it's the guy the guy in front of me is going faster than me Mm. um oh you know it's a new car like you've already got an excuse that's that's probably the best way to explain it is you 
default straight into that behavior. So above the line behavior is ownership, accountability, responsibility. And you can Google this. It's not like I've made this up or come up with it. It's just something that we found when we were studying business coaching and stuff like that. And it's a really good way to show people a better way to think. Mm. So taking ownership, taking um, action, accountability and responsibility for your actions leads you to a way better place than blaming other people, making an excuse, denying things and saying that that didn't happen. So often if clients are getting a bit wayward, we're like, look, are we above or below the line with the way that we're thinking? And that can be pretty confronting, but it's a very easy way to bring people back into how they could be thinking better. Um, and so unfortunately for my girlfriend, I've even got it written on the window. In oh, our, no. <laughs> in our she apartment. can't get away from it, can no. she? No. <laughs> and I'm like, look, like blaming, excuses and deny, like they don't live in this, in this household. Um, because that's what, as I get older and have children, I want to teach them like, you know, all if you go through social media and you look at all the shit that's on there, it's usually people blaming someone else, making an excuse, denying something, or just being real negative. And the downside to understanding this concept is you see that a lot more, and it, and it start it can frustrate you if you just want to shake someone and be like, stop, you know, stop living below the line, yeah. think differently, because we all do it. Like, and I, I mean, I still do it, but it's just having an awareness of it and trying to figure out, okay, how can I not uh, live below the line? Mm, yeah, it really is that awareness piece in that as well I think it's really confronting because you'll notice other people doing it but you'll also notice yourself doing oh, it yeah. and then you have to be the one that takes ownership of that and actually makes a change which a lot of people don't want to do yeah well I was um and like it's just I think it's like hardwired into us so example for me recently that I saw in myself was I jumped into the shower and my um what's it called body wash is usually in the same spot and it was gone. And like instantly my brain is like, Taryn's been in my fucking shower, <laughs> moving my, I'm like, what is she doing? Why has she had this? Why does she want men's? And then I turn around, I'm like, oh no, like I've left it at the other mm. end of the bath. And I'm yeah. like, wow, mate, you know, that's, but you can, you can see it. And so, totally, yeah. yeah, I think once you start to see yourself doing it, you can figure out how to do less of it or uh, not live there. And, and things just become a bit easier in life. So good concept to understand. Orbed is the model, I think, if you want to Google it. So O-A-R-B-E-D. Mm, okay, cool. And then, so the, obviously there's obvious ways that we can see it affecting us negatively, but how would you describe a person that is displaying the effects of below-the-line thinking? Like what would they look like in a friend or in a family member? Oh, um, well, I mean, because we all do it, like we're, it's not like, you know, you can just completely eradicate it and it's not going to happen. Yeah. But you might notice, I think that's why first you want to understand the concept that you want to have awareness around yourself doing it. Mm. And then you want to notice other people doing it. If you care about them, like explain the concept to them and say, hey, you know, in a nice way, hey, can you see how this might be impacting other areas of your life? Mm. And, and if they're forever going to just live there, you either have to accept that or you have to um, accept that that's not you know, you're not going to be a good match with them. So the more time you spend with them, potentially the more they'll frustrate you. Mm. But it's it can potentially be like habit for someone for a long, long, long decades of time. So you can't instantly think that they're just going to go, oh, sweet, I'm, yeah, you're right, I'm going to not do that anymore. But I think social media and people that are out of control of their life, they're the examples that you'll see the most where they'll just be, there might be a positive news story and then it's just straight in with the, oh, you know, 
all good for them but the system's failed me or this doesn't work for me and I think that's where even with financial literacy stuff that's where I get frustrated with it because I'll have posts for keep the change where people are doing really well and people will come and be like wow this changed my life the way I started saving different and they'll share their experiences and people are oh yeah good for you like oh yeah lucky that you're you were born rich or like something and it's like finding an excuse for themselves and then people will come back and be like well actually you could look at it this way and then they just want to find another problem for the solution mm. and I had one where I you know I've got a two-page uh, or three-page examples of ways you could add extra income into your household and and this lady was saying you know I've explored every single avenue there is to add new income to my household it's not possible all good and well for you to type it on Facebook and say that it is I'm like okay here's a a <laughs> uh, link to a page where you could think about different things if you thought about some of these and I like, just came back with a laughing emoji mm. you know so that's where you see it play out um I feel like people give up too easily a lot of the time too like that's to me is just a you're giving up kind of mentality because you haven't even gone out and at least tried to change or change it or or even look into it like yeah. for me if I see something at first I'm like oh that's interesting way to think I'll still look at it and think can I relate to that can I approach my life like this and then go from there rather than just instantly being saying no you know you're the idiot and I yeah. feel like that just proves that you instantly are falling into that mindset anyway yeah, yeah. and that because you are trying to live above the line and think like how mm. can I take ownership how can I have some responsibility for this mm. um and I think unfortunately as a society I mean this this is just my opinion and maybe generalization but we're almost going like below the line and we're going that way and that's becoming more accepted and that's what more of us are doing so therefore it's the thing to do so then the people that live above the line they're you know they must have some magic formula and they mm. must be you know they're lucky and they're privileged and all these terms you want to put on them mm. maybe it was a choice actually maybe it was a choice for them to decide no I don't want to live below the line it's too fucking hard it's too draining mm. to live down there I'm going to live above the line and take ownership and accountability and responsibility for my shit and then good things start happening yeah I feel like it's something that I've always seen like in high school and then I see it now a lot especially on TikTok like I feel like that is a place that really produces that kind of mindset because when I think about that I think about high school when say someone was succeeding or you know they tried in school they tried in uni they just actually tried to be successful and then you've got people saying oh all right smart guy or you know you think you can be intelligent all right go on then you know just kind of taking the piss out of you for actually trying to do something if you wanted to be a prefect that was lame why would you try to do that why would you try to achieve more well to try to get school ducks that kind of thing so people didn't try because they didn't want others to I don't know tear them down for that yeah. because that was seen as a lame thing and then even on TikTok I see all these motivational videos I'm like yeah that's like so cool and then people will what's called um duet them or yeah you know, whatever they're just or stitching which is when you basically reply in video form yeah. and they always bring them down and say, this is so stupid, people who have this mindset, you know, blah, 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 negative, negative, negative. And I just think, you know, you might not agree with the way that someone is trying to improve their life, but you have to respect it. Yeah. You know, you don't have to do it in the same way, but you have to at least see that they're trying. and Yeah, at least they're trying. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like if you don't respect that, then that's on you. And yeah. that's something I always remember you saying when I first started working with you and Phil that if someone has got a problem with, with what you're doing in a negative and light and is just criticizing you, then that's actually on them. And yeah. I've always said that now. You know, yeah, that's nice. on so if someone says that to me 
and it's I just think it's totally invalid I just think to myself well that's on you so I'm taking that off myself that pressure off myself that stress of being judged and I'm putting that back onto you because you yeah, know good. you're trying to shift it yeah so I think that's also a good way to kind of mentally feel like you're physically taking off that yeah. criticism that judgment and just putting it back on the sad person who's trying to give it to you as well yeah and I think a lot of it's envy right and I was yeah like looking into this uh, earlier in the week and I think what that is or what I was trying to learn is I think uh, if you there are sort of set of rules that we're supposed to live by when we go through life right are the things we're supposed to do to be normal and be like everyone else and when people start breaking the rules um if you can't accept that you look at them and then you have envy and you're sort of like well hey you're not following the rules like what are you doing you're doing this differently you you're not supposed to be doing that and so as more people live below the line and just want to drift and do all this shit and um, just battle away and think that they're amazing and stuff and then they see people getting putting themselves out there or growing an audience or building a podcast or something or um, talking about motivational stuff it's like oh you're not following the rules like I need to I need to tell you to mm-hmm. come come back down here so and find all these reasons in their head why you're the bad guy and you're doing this mm-hmm. wrong um, but eventually they fall off the cliff and they need an ambulance and they're like fuck what do i need to do to figure my stuff out and i've hit my rock bottom what am i going to do and often they like get back i have to go back to the start Mm. and swallow their pride and be like oh maybe i was wrong about learning some of this stuff Um, and often they do realize long term that they were wrong like you know they'll see at the start say someone seeing i'm starting a financial literacy podcast what does this chick know about finances you know she thinks she's so intelligent now it's gained a bit more of an audience it's starting to have some impact on some actual lives yeah oh people oh, starting only fans accounts yeah all kinds of branches off um the yeah the business but you know then they're saying oh, okay maybe this actually is turning into something better and then they're messaging me saying oh well done so i think ultimately people do eventually realize yeah. you just have to push past that that first little bit of judgment or just like tall poppy i just think it's probably harder in new zealand because it is that tall poppy culture and i almost hate talking about it because i feel like i don't yeah and this just ties into the culture i feel like i don't have a right to talk about tall poppy culture because i've never experienced it yeah because i'm not big enough to experience it yeah. oh it'll come yeah. <laughs> it'll come in different ways but yeah, I mean, I know what you mean, and I, I often worry about talking about that because you encourage more of it to happen, I, I think. I agree, but, yeah. Um, there's yeah. a good one floating around for me at the moment on one of our Keep the Change posts that basically says, you know, sign up to this email to get free uh, weekly things just to get you thinking. Like, man, I don't care if people aren't interested. Like, mm. I genuinely, I just can't understand why people stop and, and leave shit. I'm like, just keep scrolling. Like, yeah. carry on with your life. But anyway. That, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> just describes... Yeah, I, I just person. think, and I just want to tell them just stop scrolling. So I'm still not at the point where I can just read shit and go, okay, just cop this, carry on. And I, yeah. I still want to, something happens inside me and I'm like, oh, I want to like go back to this person Call with out, something. Yeah. So this person obviously signed up for Keep the Change and then they've um, they've seen an ad or a post and they've commented being like, oh, I get an email like every day from this guy going on about this and blabbering on or something. Mm. And I'm like, mate, because you signed up to an email yeah, that tells you in week one, like, hey, you're behind everyone. You're going to get one a day until you're caught up. Yeah. Um, I'm like, what the hell? And so I've gone back and I'm like, yeah, well, that's what happens when you sign up to an email to learn about 
financial literacy. Yeah, what were you expecting? Yeah, and I'm like, if you want some help with computer literacy as well, we could unsubscribe <laughs> you. And, you know, people are laughing and liking it and stuff, and it's actually growing the audience because yeah. people are seeing that and being like, oh, this is a bit of banter. Mm. And then this guy's come along and he's gone like, oh, how unprofessional, like look at this level of customer service, um, oh, take, take a breath, mate, or something. And I'm just like, nah, mate, this is the vibe that these emails are in yeah. and you don't have to read them. It's, no. it's completely your choice. And, mate, just keep scrolling. That, does that make you, when someone says take a breath, do you then feel like, oh, maybe I am overreacting, I need to stop letting this affect me? Or are you like, nah, I'm strong in what I'm saying? Yeah, that's and that's where I get to. Then I'm like, ah, uh, there's no point arguing with this dude. He's going to come back and, mm. you know, just complain more or whatever and... So, and then I just start thinking about it too much. I'm like, oh, just delete that and just burn him, like ban him and just be dumb of it because mm. you end up wasting too much time like thinking about it and their opinions and stuff when they really don't matter. But I still think, I don't know which approach is right. Like I want to call people out and be like, look, listen here, you know, this is, this is what's going on. Mm. Or just keep scrolling. Like, you know, how many other people's things are you commenting on and leaving your shitty opinion about but then other people could be like well mate you know the herald knows yeah <laughs> you're ripping this guy down or something um so yeah everyone's got their different ways that they're looking at what you've got out there and i guess that's the thing with um now that we have access to all these different content producers is we can give them our opinion back yeah um but yeah some people think let the comments ride other people think like delete them bin them but i don't know which which is the right path mm, i think it, it's it's probably whatever oh yeah because another thing i'm thinking about is not everyone has a business or a public platform where people are commenting those things but they might have friends and family who are making off-the-cuff comments for you have you ever experienced that and do you tell them to their face to you know sort it out or do you just move on yeah you know like that's what i feel is quite a hard one but um I heard you speaking on the next level about someone talking about you going to the charity oh, yeah, lunch. Yeah. And so yeah. did you not say anything in that circumstance? No, nah, I just let – that was an yeah. in-person one. I was just like, look, for this person, it's just not going to be – so context there, uh, that, that auction went for 2500 bucks. we raised for charity. So I've got a, a, a lunch with a mate of me and we were auctioned with a, a racing celebrity and, and the friend of mine was like, oh, you know – fucking that'll be shit for whoever has to pay for it who's gonna pay to go for lunch with you like oh they're clearly not paying to go for lunch with you i'm just like yeah probably not like that's why there's a celebrity at it you know um but i'm just sitting there going wow what like what is that Mm. you know what and they're they're trying to justify in their head i think the fact that they have never been in that position or couldn't see themselves being in it and it's making them feel uncomfortable. Jealousy. And so they're just like spitting out a bit of envy and just a bit of shit. And I'm like, yeah, look, you're probably right. But I'm like, at the end of that auction, I'm going to raise more money for charity than you probably will for the rest of the year. Exactly, so, yeah. you know, carry on and do what you got to do. I'll yeah. do what I got to do. It's hard in those environments as well because I feel that it'll be your mates or whatever making those comments and sometimes even your family and you just yeah. never know how to respond do you because then if you come across pissed off they're going to say oh relax like I'm yeah, just yeah. kidding which is the most yeah. annoying thing for someone to say ever um, or they're going to be put off that you're so in air quotes easily offended and you know I just I feel it's quite hard to navigate those situations because you're always going to come across a certain way but then probably a part of that is just 
not worrying about how you come across and just doing what's actually most authentic to you. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. This this instance was like a, a mate's uh, partner, effectively. So I didn't want to at risk of offending them. Sort of just fire back. With right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I but see. but if it, so if it was a mate and like I felt really strongly about it, I would call it out. I'd be like, okay, well, what are you doing for charity? Yeah. Or you know, um, you ask those questions. And if it's your family and stuff or even just in those situations like if someone wants to be a hero about the shit you're doing and saying like oh who do you think you are or what do you think you're doing doing that or whatever be like hey um how would you do it mm. and i put it back on them yeah and and be like well look and like get a bit vulnerable and go um yeah well look i've never actually done this before so i'm trying to figure out how to do it but it seems like you've got a pretty strong opinion on it how would you go about it yeah and you kind of almost have to start prepping those types of bite backs yeah um in your head before you get in those situations so that you can come across like real succinct succinct rather than getting into an argument mm. and, and almost like asking for their opinion and then the, my favorite one's always just like oh um like once you've done that being like okay so have you got some insights into building an audience of ten thousand people mm. and of course they don't so i might yeah, be like oh you are probably going to keep studying the people that have done it um yeah. which is a little bit gnarly but you know true. yeah because you need to I think you need to slap people around a little bit that want to cut people down it's like well fuck you when you've mm. got your goals do you want me to come back and be like hey you, you're not going to do that yeah, you know exactly. you can't do that get bent like who do you yeah. think you are like <laughs> yeah. you're going to be the first one to support them because you want to because once you start to break the rules of how things are supposed to be done you're like oh wow this is possible I want to help other people do it yeah and you know it's not easy when you're doing it as well so you know how hard it is for someone to put themselves out there so if you yeah. see someone out, if you've actually done it when you see someone else putting themselves out there all you want to do is congratulate them like good on you because I've been there and it yeah. was hard or it was this or it was that so you obviously have never been in that position if you're willing to tear someone down because why would, would you want that when you're in the same position yeah and I always remember you teach me that as well when I've had a few comments on the One Up project around how I'm doing things and the style that I choose to do it in. And I am genuinely always interested in hearing people's criticisms, even if they aren't in the most positive light. So I always turn it back on them to ask because I'm actually curious and also because I think it's such a good way to take the power out of it because mm. as soon as you reply back being really angry or upset, you're putting that emotion into it. But when you are just genuinely curious about why they think that way, what they would do to improve it, it's no longer an emotions thing. It's more of a curiosity thing. And then you think, okay, that's good that you think that way. Maybe I'll take it on board. Maybe I won't. That's not a big deal to me because, you know, I found out what the reasons are behind it now. There's yeah. no other like reason for me to get upset about it. Yeah, I think asking people where they're coming from is actually mm. a really good way to diffuse things too because they just wanted to have a little bit of a rant and then so if you're like, oh, really appreciate your opinion, can you help me understand that? Then mm. they have to give you a bit more insight and so you're not just going back into that defense mode. Mm. And the other night after those auctions finished, the night those auctions finished, I'm sitting there on, on my Sunday evening putting up videos of the auction finishing. We raffled off uh, a, a, a piece of memorabilia that went for 4600 bucks. So we raised um, close to eight grand for this charity. It's a Sunday night, putting videos up and doing some content around it. And, you know, we don't need to be doing this stuff. This is for the horse racing stuff. But it's important to us because it's important to the community. So that's why we're doing it. And I'm about to go to bed. Then I get a text from a guy and he's just like, hey, just want to let you know I'm withdrawing my support going forward for boys get paid i just think as it's gotten bigger your guys egos have, have have grown with it as well and like i just don't like 
just blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, fuck, here we are, raising 8K for a charity on a Sunday, um, Easter Sunday, where most people are thinking about like holidays and relaxing and all that stuff. And you've just raised 8K for a charity and then bang, you're getting a dude who's just like, yeah. you know? So you've got to be able to balance that sort of stuff to go, like you can't go too far down one path. It's so obviously, hey, mate, like really appreciate you letting letting us know um i sort of went back on a couple of his points and said this is how we see it but can appreciate that from your standpoint that's probably not what you're thinking so you know uh Mm -hmm. wish you all the best and and didn't hear anything back which is fine but you've got it now i'm getting better at being like okay bang like i've dealt with that and there's no dwelling on it i might Mm -hmm. share it or run it past somebody else and see what they think and then it's like okay on to the next day because otherwise you Mm -hmm. just get stuck there i wanted to also ask or switch gears a little bit into your productivity habits oh here we go (laughs) because obviously you do a lot and we're just talking before about how you're writing i don't even know how many pieces of content you're writing (laughs) a lot every week and we all know how time consuming writing can be so just as one big general broad question how are you so productive you did you you gave me a heads up you were going to ask me about this so i was thinking okay what if i have what haven't i potentially spoken about before that may help mm. um, for you or even just with the audience and I think one of the pieces uh, to think about is eliminating distractions because one of the best ways to get productive is to remove distractions mm. so if you go through a process of looking at like start of a piece of paper and write down all the things that distract you then you start having an awareness of them and I'm still horrendous at this yesterday I'm scrolling through LinkedIn and I'm like mate what are you doing like get out of here you, this is a distraction go back to your to-do list do some shit that's on there mm. and you can start to train yourself to become more productive because you're eliminating distractions so it might just be so one of the things that i've done this year for instance is just slowly turn off all notifications because i don't want to be jumping into them and and they're a distraction and so that allows you to not have to think about like oh shit that message has come in i better respond to that because my brain's going like a thousand places at once and sometimes i'm like oh god i can't unwind to what i was even doing because do you still um jump from place to place like sorry to interrupt but i just find that so hard as you know you start with one thing suddenly you've jumped from that place to that place and then you're working on something that you hadn't even started originally and then it's you're not even getting back to the first thing that you began yeah i can do that and I've always thought that's real productive for me mm. and it's allowed me to do a lot of stuff. Mm. But now I'm investigating almost within myself, like, ah, is that the best way to do that? So now I'm sort of going, okay, um, if I'm going to write a piece of, like an email, for instance, then what's the process that needs to happen after that call? It's been on, uh, it's gone out via an email. Now it needs to go on Facebook, Instagram, and then getting some help to turn that into a process so that it ends up, in three other different places but I've just done the writing part of it mm. whereas normally I would be writing get distracted by a notification sort that out jump into something else fix that and then come back to the writing and be like okay I've sent that now I need to copy and paste it put it on Facebook put it on Instagram so I'm almost trying to figure out okay just do the writing piece and then the process follows in after that if it's mm. that sort of thing um, or how can I not let myself be distracted in this grunty piece of work I have to do? Because our lives are so noisy and there is so much going on all the time. Like basically most businesses that are doing really well, their goal is to distract you. And if you think, oh yeah, like I get that, that's social media. But you think um, 
HelloFresh, for instance. They're sending out lumpy mail still, which is a real old strategy, and it's got a discount card on it, and they're trying to distract you. You're like, oh, what's this letter? Like, who's sending me a letter? You open it, it's like, hey, here's 20% off a HelloFresh box. And that's a distraction. That's trying to get you to stop what you're doing to go, oh, should I better do something with this? And so that's what the entire population is trying to do to everyone else is like slowly distract them to get them to take attention over to what they're doing. So you've got to then, if you feel like you're not productive, go, hmm, what are the things that are distracting me so that I can get back to the things that I know I need to be doing? Mm. So I think that's the answer or part of the part of one of the things yeah 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 yeah, for sure and what is your opinion on people who say they're a procrastinator and they always procrastinate how do we stop procrastinating I don't know if it's my generation but I feel so many people talk about how they're massive procrastinators and they can't actually just do shit whereas I feel like you're and this is probably the activator strength refer to the Clifton strength assessment if you haven't done it but one of the strengths is activator I feel like that really comes through here yeah um yeah I think everyone's a procrastinator and I am as well. And I don't think it's a generation thing. I think it's having a clear understanding of what you need to do to start with Mm. and then writing that down and knowing I need to do that and then starting to tell yourself, I'm not going to procrastinate on this shit anymore. What I do is I tell myself, you know you're going to have to have the phone call. You know you're going to have to send this email. And as an example, I booked in... um, a client to do some planning with us in May and it's not till the 12th of May so it's nearly basically a month away and I'm like right that process is I need an invoice I need to send them some pre-work to do I need to book some flights to New Plymouth and stuff and my head is like mate do it next week like it's too far out you don't need to do this yet and then Mm. so I wrote it down and then I look at it today and I thought why why not I'm gonna have to do that stuff why not just do it now like I'm that was one of the pieces of work I know I'm going to need to do and I didn't have other stuff to do and I'm like so I'm either just going to stand here find a distraction jump on Facebook jump on social media maybe reply to someone find one of my distractions my guilty guilty distractions and instead I might do the work and so you start to actually just think like just do it like you know you're going to need to do it then why not do it sooner and Mm. it might sound simple but if you can catch yourself procrastinating deliberately and pulling yourself back to doing it you'll be blown away at how much momentum you start to get in such a short amount of time. And you probably got examples for yourself where you've been like, shit, I can resonate with that. Yeah, I was just going to say, I feel like I recently have really um, found that for myself and developed that strength. Um, And just in terms of doing something and say you get distracted or you're procrastinating, just saying no, like telling yourself like off pretty much, telling yourself off and saying no, you're doing this now and like you said it does sound stupid but once you get into the habit of doing that you'll constantly kind of register every time you're zoning out a little bit it'll it'll stop you getting just further than that so then you're all of a sudden sucked in two hours on tiktok you're gone you're totally distracted it's so good so good so bad um but yeah and i was also thinking have you seen the social dilemma i have yeah. yeah yeah so in there, it talks about how, I don't know how you would describe it, but this, this, they're describing the system or social media as this monster that's always trying to get you back onto your phone. And so notifications will pop up and then it gets you into your emails and then suddenly you're into Instagram and then you're into this and you're into that. And so that really stuck with me after watching The Social Dilemma. So now when I see notifications pop up, I'm at work or something, it'll be my email and I'm looking at it and I'm like, oh, okay, I could go into that. And I'm like, hold on, this is just 
the monster of yeah. the phone trying to get me to go into here because as soon as I get into my emails, I'll be into my Instagram, I'll be into this, I'll be into that. And then it'll be half an hour has passed and I still haven't written that thing I was supposed to do for work. And that's not what you want, obviously. So I always think about that part of the movie and just think I'm not going to let this system um, distract me again. And it, it yeah. kind of just makes it, I don't know, probably just puts it into a practical sense for you as to how you get so addicted to jumping into your phone just at the most simple thing like I know it doesn't even have to be a notification from social media because I actually have all my notifications turned off apart from my emails and a couple apps yeah but even if it's an app like say get reminded or something it, it sends you reminder um, notifications that'll come up and then I'm I'm not even interested in the reminder it's told me about but then I'm like oh I may as well check it out anyway I'm in there then I'm in my emails and it just leads you into all of that. So yeah, yeah, I think that's a good way to think about it as well. Yeah, yeah, and I think that like those are simple tactics to do, but just understanding that that's what everyone's game is to try and uh, distract mm. you to get your attention. Yeah, and then when you start to go, well, actually, what should my attention be on? And it's like, okay, I need to get these things done. And it might even just be like, okay, I want to study this podcast and sit down mm. for an hour and like study this podcast or something. It's like, right, you start to gamify going now nah, i'm in control of this shit my distractions aren't and you start to use like you start to enjoy going shit i just got distracted like mm. i need to um get back to what i was supposed to be doing this is going to yeah. be more valuable for my life oh, i had something to say but it's completely left my it's mind it's not easy though like and that's what people yeah. yeah and so but don't let it's not easy be an excuse to not get better at it because mm. you're gonna need it because i think as well like imagine having a kid and that, those mm. little fuckers are just always trying to distract you, you know? <laughs> exactly. 24-7. Yeah. And so it's no different to social media or the other distractions. You're going to have to learn to get it better at it some stage. Yeah, for sure. And what I was going to say was if you don't own your own business or in that kind of business world, you probably forget that it is a business's main goal to grab your attention. They want mm. you to be there listening or watching them because they want sales etc um so they're always trying to get you involved for example on the one up project like i'm always thinking about what interesting content i can put out so that you want to view my stories you want to engage with the posts i'm doing that so that you will be um engaged in it yeah. and that's what every business is trying to do so you kind of need to remind yourself okay they're trying to do this do i actually need it right now or can i you know deal with that later save the post for later go back into instagram later yeah. so i think that's important to know as well and how have you seen that change of mindset and being more productive and procrastinating less change your life like what have you seen happen there so i've noticed like, i feel calmer mm. and i get like I get more done, which feels good for me because I can see if I look back progress over time and I can see myself getting closer towards goals, which is a cool feeling. But it's also allowed me to like see, like I said before, when I'm getting distracted and go, mate, like you're better than this. You're like, you know, no, I should say, you know better than this. Mm. And, and then I can pull myself back on task and I actually started trying to meditate this year. Really? Yeah. So that's been one of my goals for uh, 2021. I wouldn't have expected that Are we in 2021? Yeah, I thought we yeah. were in 2022 for a second. Yeah. So even just 10 minutes a day. Yeah. And I find it so hard. Yeah. Um, See, that's my thing as well. I feel like I would find it really hard. I've tried, but yeah, I found it hard. So you just stuck at it. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I... So as one of my goals now, I write those down each night. So mm. I'm reminding myself about meditation. I'm like, oh, I didn't do that. But now I'm building a better habit of my body telling me in the afternoon, like, mate, 
you need to do it. I'm like, I don't want to do it. Like, mm. I'm telling it, fighting it back. My brain mm. be like, nah, don't worry about it. And so now I go and lay down and I'm horrendous at it. But I heard someone say, if you're bad at it, you're going to get the most out of it. And so that's mm. what I keep reminding myself. That's a good one. Yeah. And what it's made me or helped me do is realize and why I've kept doing it is I'm like, oh, if I can get good at this, even just once a day for 10 minutes training myself to try and get back on task i'm like fuck i don't care about the meditation this is better like this is a good principle to have in the rest of my life where mm. i can be like mate you've been distracted again get back to work mm. put your thoughts back to where they're supposed to be and i'm like oh i get the concept of meditation now mm. i thought it was like standing around you know next to the ocean and thinking that your life's blissful and all this shit i'm like mm. i'm not interested in that yeah. like my mind's crazy and i'm cool with it yeah. but now I'm like, oh, okay, maybe that's what I was missing or maybe that's what the purpose or the point of it is and everyone does it for different reasons. And so that's the reason that I'm trying to stick to it because I can see that it can be helpful to train me for those other 23 hours and 50 minutes of the day Hmm. to be like, why are you thinking about that shit? And the funnest thing I'm doing at the moment is when I wake up in the morning, sometimes I just go and lay back in bed for a little bit because I don't go back to sleep and I just try and think about like my goals being productive and stuff mm. and, I'm, and I'm, I just can't get in control of it like my mind is just in all these places I'm like where the fuck are all these thoughts coming from like yeah. what is this jungle and and trying to stop it and pull it back but yeah. it's hard when I've just woken up it's real bizarre yeah and so on that thinking about your goals and trying to imagine them and that kind of thing do you believe in manifestation and the law of attraction yeah, I mean, I think everyone's got a different explanation of what that is, yeah. but definitely, like, I think that if you, like, if things are front of mind for you more often, you're more likely to have a crack at them, and I did a Next Level podcast explaining an example of having a thousand people at the BGP Crack Million event, and I and we could get 850 in the room in the end, so I couldn't get the thousand, so technically didn't meet the goal, but it was 850 capped out and, and sold out with a month to go, so... I don't think, like if I wasn't writing that down every day, Mm. that I would be reminding myself like, mate, you haven't done that yet. You need to get it done. What are you doing? And I'm like, oh shit, I need to get it in the app. I need to send an email. I need to call some people. And I started finding all these creative ways to make sure that we achieved it because I was focusing on it every single day. And so some people, I think, think that the law of attraction is, you know, just sitting there and thinking that good shit's going to happen. Yep, there's a place for that too, I think, but... You can't just sit, like I went through my whole 20s thinking, oh, everyone when I was going through school and stuff was like, oh, you know, he's a great kid. He's going to go a long way. He's such a good boy, your son. And I get to about 28. I'm like, when the fuck's it going to happen? Like, what's going on here? Like, why hasn't, where, where is all this stuff? And then acknowledging like, oh, okay, back to the start of this podcast, I need to take responsibility for it and have some accountability, take ownership and go and actually try and make some stuff happen. Yeah. Um, and so that's where I think, that stuff is very, very powerful. And one of the exercises I did at the start of this year is just to start, I built like a vision board Mm -hmm. of all the things that I want in the future. And, you know, they may change, but now I've got it on my phone screen and it's, it's actually reminding me like, okay, am I working towards those things? And then therefore, how am I going to make them happen? I'll tell you a really weird story. So, where my apartment is, we look out across the water to, I might have told you this, uh, but for the listeners, so I look out towards Stanley Point, which is over in Devonport Way, and we were going for a drive because I said to Taz, my girlfriend, I think I know the beach house that I want to buy 
in the future and she's like how do you know that i'm like i think i can see it like i think this is the house so anyway we drive over and i show her and she looked it up and she's like i think this is about six million i'm like god damn it i got some work to do he's like are you sure it's here and i was like i don't know like it's either this house or it's this house up and maybe like fongaparara or something and so then we're just driving around the area and and i only knew this because i'd lived in the area so you could argue okay well like i've come across that house i've walked past it years ago and i'm like i like that house one day i want to buy it and maybe it's not that house but um, that's just in my head what potentially where it could be the white beach house close to the beach and then we went for a went for a bit of lunch and then we went down to stanley point and i was like i think that's where that massive apartment complex is that we look out to from back over in the city and we found the driveway and she's like oh should we go down there i'm like yeah let's go for a look so we go down there and i'm like fuck this place mint there's a swimming pool um just real quiet community there's a access that goes directly down to the beach the apartments 180 views harbour bridge the city like all the way around to rangatoto i'm like let's get our shit and move over here um and then there's no sauna in devonport i'm like oh massive massive no it's huge for you yeah (laughs) so anyway um we're just you know like looking around and stuff and just having yarns like that and then the next day i'm building this vision board and i was like okay i need to get a um like a white beach house needs to go on there so i'm like googling white beach house and with a view to the ocean then i'm like you know it'd be so sick to have a white beach house and an apartment in auckland i'm like i'm gonna google like auckland apartment that sees the water and i get this image and it's like 180 um of harbour bridge the city out to rangatoto and i'm like oh yeah i'll click on this one i click on it as a listing i'm like holy fuck this is an apartment in that building in stanley point that we've oh just been God. to i'm like oh shit i'm like wow. copy save bang yeah. goes on the old vision board but you know we may not live there but just real yeah real bizarre but now every morning i'm getting up and i'm looking at that mm. and probably someone's gonna reach out to me at some stage and be like hey mate just letting you know we've installed a sauna at blah 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 devonport yeah. like pack the shit yeah <laughs> we're off yeah. yeah definitely so wow yeah you may not like, i see coincidence a lot mm. and i explain it to people all the time i um i another like really buzzy story for you i um one of my friends that i used to flat with she's had twins mm-hmm. and one of her very good friends had been to London and and I'd randomly had this dream about her and she was pregnant again, uh, the, the girl that's, that's had twins. And I thought, man, that's buzzy that, um, you know, that I've like dreamt of her. Mm. And I thought, oh, I need to message her mate because we'd spoken a couple of weeks earlier and we're like, oh, we're going to catch up at some stage. And I was like, oh, I need to message her. And I pulled out my phone on Instagram and she's messaged me and it was a photo of her twins, the the girls, like our mates twins. And I'm like, Oh, this is real weird, (laughs) but like tell her about the dream. And I think she's just like, yeah, you've lost it. Like lost the plot. So I don't know like what, what's going on in that space. But for me, I believe like there's something there and Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly like how you explain it or whatever, but there are people listening to this and they'll be like, I've had similar things happen. And Mm -hmm. there are sort of, I've researched it to figure out, okay, what's going on here. And it's like missing, missing pieces of the puzzle in your brain, I think. And then they sort of like click back together or all sorts of different concepts. But I, I just believe that if you focus on something, you're more likely to achieve it. So Mm -hmm. even if you think the law of attraction is a crock of shit, well, cool. Put your thoughts to the side and go, what do I want to achieve? I'm going to focus on it. 
and then you're more of a chance to make it happen. Yeah, exactly. And so how would you define the steps when you make a goal? Um, so say you come up with a new goal, how would you define those steps to achieve it? So start for me, I start with the goal and then I my next step is basically to tell people because mm-hmm. I want accountability and I want them, I want their reaction to, to figure out like, okay, is this going to be possible in, in their mind? Um, and then often they'll challenge you like, oh, how are you going to make that happen? And then you've got to get to work <laughs> and you've mm. got to be like, okay, well, this is what I think I could do. Um, and hey, look, you might not always achieve it, but if people know what you're trying to do, often people will buy into your goal because they're like, oh, sweet. You know, like you just said at the start of this, oh, Luke wants to, um, you know, help 100,000 people with financial literacy. And that's something that I just decided, okay, that's going to be the figure. Really, I'm like, fuck, is 100,000 enough? Probably not. Like, probably ain't going to move the dial enough. Probably needs to be more. Mm. But now I'm thinking, how am I actually going to do that? It's all good and well to have 100,000 subscribers to an email list in, in time, but are they actually learning anything? Are they opening it? Are they actually doing anything? So then you start going down a different pathway of all those hows. But basically, I start with the goal. I try and tell the, tell people, and often what I like the reason for putting it out there to more people is it, it like scares me, and then I think shit, I have to stay closer to this now because yeah. someone you can guarantee someone's going to come and be like, oh, you said you were going to do this, what are mm. you doing? So yeah. I've used it as a bit of a filter of okay, before I tell people I'm going to do this, like, are you sure that yeah, you're going to tell good. the world that this is the goal that yeah. you want to achieve? Got to be sure of the goal. Yeah. yeah, and so you might not be trying to help 100,000 people improve their financial literacy. You might just, you know, I shouldn't say might just be, but your goal might be, I want to um, lose 10 kilos. Mm -hmm. And so you start with the goal and then you think, right, who can I tell that's going to help me stay accountable to this? And then you want to go through what they might ask you how. Okay, how am I going to do this? And then you, you might say to your mate, if you get on with them really well and you've got a supportive friend, hey, I really need you to help me stay on this journey. Mm-hmm. And, if, and if I don't, then I want you to tell me like, hey, what's going on here? And right back to the start as well, having strong reasons of, it's not just losing 10 kilos because you think you're carrying 10 kilos, you shouldn't. It's what's a stronger reason? Okay, I want to avoid diabetes. I want to mm. avoid like all these issues that come with that. I don't want to carry on down that path and then find out that I put on 20 kilos mm. and think, oh, now I need to lose 20. Uh, I understand how important health, mental health are. I want to be a leader for my family, my community in those spaces and build stronger reasons rather than, oh, I'm going to lose 10 kilos. Yeah, I was talking to someone about this last night actually around goals and they were saying, it was like a couple I was chatting to and they said, oh, we're so shit with money. Um, We're trying to save for a house but just can't do it. Like the goal just isn't enough for us. And I said, yeah, I don't have a goal to save for a house deposit right now. That's not one of my goals because it doesn't inspire me. It doesn't motivate me. I just feel nothing when I think about saving for a house deposit. And that's just me personally. But I do want to make sure that I'm saving up enough money so that eventually I can own my own home. It's just right now, not something that, I don't know, is in my current thinking. And probably because of that whole when you're young, you don't have that long-term thinking. And I'm aware of that. So I'm trying to change that to, okay, well, what goal can I have that's actually going to spark that motivation? Well, I love investing. I love the share market. I find that so interesting. So my goal is actually to have a certain amount of money in my portfolio by the end of the year. That's not a house deposit. It could be one day though. And it's just the same when you're contributing to a KiwiSaver. You know, I have a goal to get this much in my KiwiSaver or whatever. But you want to find something that actually does motivate you and spark that 
inspiration to save because you're never going to save money if you don't feel like the why and the purpose and the passion behind mm. it is big enough to evoke that emotion. Yeah. So yeah, I completely agree with you. Yeah, and that's, yeah, try and attach reasons. If you really want to set goals, instead of just doing this, oh, it's the 1st of January and here's my six new goals, mm. like wounding, sit down and go, what? how's this going to make me feel if I do this? Yeah. And what things could stop me achieving it? Therefore, you've got awareness of them and you can keep an eye out on them. Most people will achieve goals like, way faster than what they think they will if they're small goals. Like big goals, yep, they take time, but then you can get working on them. But if they're, you know, they'll, people will give themselves a time frame of like when to do that. And I think that's why the start of the year, end of the year thing is so fancy. But at any stage, you can sit down and be like, right. I need a new goal here mm. and go through a process and start working on it. So, Luke, what's your biggest goal right now? Um, well, be vulnerable. <laughs> Let's keep you accountable <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, so, well, my overarching, what some people call like a North Star, is to die uh, Sir Luke Kimmies. Okay. And so... That's cool. such a cool goal. Yeah. And I've been telling people this very carefully for mm. a number of years and... Um, I would write like Sir at the top of um, that page of a diary that I had and just mm. reminded me and someone saw it and was like, why, why does every one of these pages say <laughs> Sir? And I'd like pre-write them for the page, like move it forward, move it forward, move it forward. And uh, I think it was, I was like showing Phil and he's just like, you know, he's just supportive guy. So he yeah. buys into the vision. Mm. Um, but you'll have people that don't. But basically what, what that means for me is that I'll do enough good in my lifetime that I'll get... Uh, acknowledged with the recognition of shit you've made a massive difference to this country and the in return for people that do that we uh, you get a knighthood by the time I get there it could have changed but what it does for me is it gives me a like a decision making uh, point of difference so someone will say hey can you come and get involved in this and I go, hmm, is this actually going to help me get closer to being a sir? Or is this right. going to get me closer to one of the goals that I have that sit underneath that? Yeah. And so once you, because once you start putting yourself out there, more opportunities come to you. And it's so easy to go, oh, there's a quick 10 grand. Or like, oh, yeah, there's like, that's, that mm. seems like a great idea. Yeah, that could be a million dollar business. And you're bang, like, then you're back into distractions and then going, shit, actually, is this even what I want to do? Yeah. Um, so that's why I sat down and did. But I've like thought of this for ages. Um, but so on that vision board, one of the things I put, I got a photo of John Key mm. uh, on one knee getting knighted. <laughs> and so some people are like, man, this guy's fucking, like, he's lost it. <laughs> he's got a shrine to John Key. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But for me, it's a reminder. It's yeah. like, come on, mate, like, are your actions backing up your words? And yeah. there's people that will hold me accountable, like my mates and stuff, but I'm trying to get myself to a position where I can look in the mirror and be like, mate, like, are you doing what you're saying you're going to do? Because stop mm. going on these podcasts, stop saying you're going to do this stuff if you're mm. going to the pub getting on the piss all the time and just um, lying and doing all the behaviors that aren't going to get you there and it is scary because um you know ben who's one of my closest mates we might do a bnl show or have like a bit of a laugh on socials and stuff and he's like fuck mate that could be the piece of content that stops you getting a knighthood eh? and i'm like mm. oh yeah damn it i'm like ah well we'll figure <laughs> it out when we get there right eh? yeah. uh, because i don't want to stop being me yeah but you do start to think like a little bit differently once you set goals like that. Mm. But hey, I'm not going to say, no, I'm not even going to say that. I was going to say, yeah, I'll tell you what I was thinking in my head then I'll tell you why not to. Mm. I was just thinking, 
oh, if, if I don't achieve that. But that's that's literally not how I'm thinking. I, yeah. That will definitely happen. Yeah. Um, but it's like, it's such a, for me anyway, that's such a good North Star or thing to sort of aim your life towards to then be able to contribute more to the country and just to the world and just to people in general. Yeah, definitely. I love that so much because I think, again, like you are saying, you can always uh, relate every single other little activity you're doing to that. Mm. overarching goal so is this going to get you to here like I've started thinking about that recently with the one up project that all these little things I do have to tie into the bigger vision so let's say I'm doing a sponsorship or something is a sponsorship or are sponsorships in general actually contributing to the bigger goal the bigger vision and that can actually be kind of confronting because a lot of the time you want to do something for a certain reason or because it is a good, good opportunity in one way or another whether it's financial or just in general for your own personal um, gain but then yeah, trying to bring it back to, okay, but is it aligning with what I'm actually trying to achieve long-term? Because essentially it'll end up just holding you back if you're going to spend time on all of these things that aren't contributing to the overall vision. So Yeah, Yeah. and that's why goals are important to bring you back to focus, right? And that's at the start of this week, I went and spoke uh, on the PGA. They've got a trainee program and they wanted someone to come and speak about accounting and business. So I'm like, look, it's three hours this is my gut told me i don't know if i should do this mate like this is that's a long time by the time i ferried up there ferried back mm-hmm. prepared the information probably and then had a meeting around it probably a good 12 hours of like mental space and delivery and it exhausted me mm-hmm. um speaking for three hours like back to back but i said I was oh like, whoa so you were speaking yeah. for three holy shit yeah. that is so i gotta prepare slides and stuff and i'm like look if i stand up here and talk to you guys about accounting for three hours like you're probably each gonna Fuck. fucking hate me yeah. Um, so I'm going to stand up here and I'm going to tell you some stuff about my journey, some mm. of the things that can help you, some of the things that if you been golf, been trying to build a business in golf that I think will help you in mm. your life. And I'm trying to think, okay, do I really need to do this? Financially, it wasn't a good use of my time, but it's very fulfilling. And, and I'm like, you never know. Um, that could be, I could meet someone on that or that could be the mm. conversation that changes somebody's life and gets me an inch closer to Sir Luke Kimmy's. Yeah. Um, but it, it maps back to that North Star. But then I'm like, oh, but what about if I spent those 12 hours writing more Keep the Change content or mm. posting more social media? So it's so hard to know, like, which is the right path to take. So I think when you think about those things like sponsorship, it's like, oh, does the sponsorship directly... Um, you know, correlate to the things I want to be doing. Well, then maybe what about the money that it drops out to then be able to spend getting the pe- the content yeah. in front of more people, things yeah. like that. Mm. So you have to think about it a little bit differently. Mm. Um, but I also part of me was like strategically, I thought, hmm, the PGA that's a, that's a huge network, and yeah. if I nail this and people really get a lot out of it, there could be other things that come out of it, or there's different relationships and networks. And as we know, mm. the old network. It's oh, very important. I was just going to say on that, and it probably might not be as relevant for you with less time, but for me recently, um, especially after leaving my job, I just said yes to like anything and everything just to sort of get an idea of who was interested in the one-up project, what that could, could potentially come of that. And through saying yes to anyone who wanted to chat or catch up or anything like that, I feel so many opportunities have come from it just in terms of intros or um, meeting people, even just practicing relationship building skills and talking to people and nailing kind of your story in a way, like just being able to sell yourself without it really being too much of an effort because you've already got that story now uh, nailed. Mm. And yeah, I think when you're younger, especially being able to say yes 
is so important because it can lead to all those introductions, yeah. which could be a bigger network down the track. And it only takes meeting one person who kind of likes you to yep. just open you up to a massive range of people. Yeah, well, I'll tell you a story in that, and I think sums heaps of this stuff up as well, is that when I quit my job, I sat across from the guy that employed me at the time and he mm. was trying to encourage me to stay. And I said, look, like you're wasting your time with me. Um, you'd be better to spend this time with your family, like, real, like not taking the piss, because like, I, I just know I need to go out there and I need to try some stuff. Yeah. And, and I don't know what I'm going to do, but um, I think I used that analogy, like you got to let the peacock fly or whatever. I'm like, I'll jump <laughs> off the building yeah. and, and the parachute's going to open. I just, I just, fuck, I got no idea when yeah. or, or in what direction it's going to go. And so then um, at that time, so then I think in the January after that, when I finished that job, yeah, it must have been, we did our first Karaka Million. And so that was 75 people and that was wow. free tickets. And so four years later, we've got that to 850 people sold out. Paid. Plus sponsors, yeah, paid. Mm. So that that one event four years in is a $100,000 event, which is more than the salary that I was getting paid when I, like four years ago, when I said to him, mate, like, you just got to let me get out of this building and figure out what I'm going to do. And so I didn't really know what was going to come up, but that would never have happened if I didn't build the relationship with the CEO of the racing club who I speak to all the time now where I'm like, you know, can I get your thinking on this? And then vice versa for him. And mm. then he's opened different doors because he's seen me and gone, shit, I believe in this dude and I'm the same for him. And so I support his things, vice versa. But if I didn't leave that job, then I wouldn't have that conversation during the middle of a day with one of his staff and then get close to the CEO. And I explained to him over lunches, like, this is what I can see us doing. And he's like, yeah, man, like, here you go. Here's some rope. Just do your thing. And then fast forward to four years, it's a, a an event. I don't get that hundred grand, but the point of the story is that that is still more revenue than it was taking me a whole year mm. to earn that back at that job. And that's one weekend, effectively, or one day. But it's a culmination of all these uh, introductions and conversations and network building and all this hard work to get us there. But it just shows you what's possible if you stick at something over a long period of time. And that's that cause and effect of how things actually come to fruition. And I used to think uni was four years. It was like, oh, that was a long time. And it's like, well, actually, that's the same time frame that it's taken me to yeah. replace an entire income. Mm. basically so then yeah and that's one weekend and it's like well times that well not times it by but plus all the other things that i'm doing in that time so it shows you when you go oh how to be more productive it's like fuck give yourself more shit to do is a great way to be more productive as well yeah definitely yeah. and what's your personal definition of success um how do you separate the successful from the unsuccessful oh shit uh so success it's funny because i saw this come up on social media, um, Gary V, mm -hmm. and it was like, what's my definition of success? And it was a video and I had it on mute and I stopped it so I couldn't see what he said because I was thinking about this question. I'm like, it's happiness. Yeah. And then, so I let it play and he's like, it's fucking happiness. <laughs> I'm like, bang, Yeah, I was going to yes. say, he probably would have said that. Yeah. And I nearly sent it to you and was like, shit. Um, <laughs> So that I don't know. Does that mean that maybe I've heard him before and learnt from him? But I genuinely, I genuinely believe that that being happy with what you're doing throughout the day and all the time is the most important thing 
to do because I see so many friends and family and just people that are not admitting that they're not that happy. Yes, yes. A- and you kind of, you have to just suck it up because you've got to be grateful for the job you have and all this stuff. And it's like, yep. Yeah. But mm. like what what costs, you know, is that in the long term is being unhappy for how long? And so it just breaks my heart to see people unhappy mm. and then not really acknowledging it and doing something about it because eventually like it trips you up and that might be you cheating in a relationship later on or it might be you making a decision that you wish you didn't and often it comes back to being unhappy so I think everyone can have their definition of success and stuff and over that time I've earned more money and whatnot and sometimes I thought like oh you know success is um, correlates and ties back to the money you make which part of that's true but you know, if I get, you know, the introduction for this podcast, for instance, where you're saying how much it's helped you, uh, that that means more than any amount of like, money. I had a mate who's going back to the UK and he wrote me a letter just to say how uh, much I'd, I'd helped him in the time that he's been in New Zealand and stuff. And those are the things that you hold on to that make you happy and fulfill you. And you're like, shit, I'm on the right path here. I'm doing something. And you're not thinking, oh, better check my bank balance. Like, yeah. that's right. If I haven't fully remembered to do that for five minutes, like you're not even thinking about that stuff. You're just like, oh shit, this is cool. So mm. that's, uh, yeah, happiness for me, I think success. The difference between successful people and not non-successful people, is that the question? Yeah. Uh, just quitters. Yeah. Yeah, uh, probably like, but in all honesty, people that have just quit on trying to be successful. And, you know, I don't know who says it, but someone says like never never take advice from a quitter like what's the advice they can give you is Mm. how to quit and yeah and then on that never take advice from people who are living a life you wouldn't want to live yeah remember when someone said that to me just completely changed my outlook on life yeah yeah because it's so true why would i take criticism or advice from someone who isn't where i would want to be or living the definition of success i have in my head but the scary so to do that though you've got to stop and you've got to think about the things that you do want for your life and that's what you know, with some of the work that I'm doing now, well, all the work with clients basically is like, hey, what's going on in this business? Like, what do you want? Like, where are we, what are we aiming for? Mm. And for people in their personal lives, it's the same thing. Like, what do you actually want from your life? And one of the things that I maybe have got wrong um, now that I look back is that I'm always like, oh, there has to be a why and there's got to be like, okay, why do you want that? Why do you want a new phone and shit? And then listening to another coach talking about entrepreneurs and he's like, it's okay just to want stuff. Yeah. Like that's okay too. You don't need a reason. Like yep. stop justifying yourself. If you want a fancy car, mm-hmm. if I can go and get it, but you know, don't put yourself out, don't do dumb shit, do it. But you know, that's okay too. If that ends up coming out of the work that you're doing, well, you know, then that that's okay. Mm. Um, so think about the things that you want and keep them personal, get them to yourself to start with. But then as you get more confident, you can see yourself getting closer. It's like, okay, well, share that I want to be Sir Luke Kimmies or I want a beach house or, um, you know, an apartment that can see the water or all those things. Like it's actually okay to want things. But I think it's so scary because you're going to get people being like, oh, fuck, why do you need that? Or what? Like, who do you think you are? And um, that stuff. But that's just, again, it's them talking to themselves because they can't. They can't see that or nor have they probably done the exercise of, okay, what do you want from your life? It's such a confronting question to ask people. Yeah, it's massive. And I remember when I went in to chat to my now boss about working for him and he said, we were just talking about the podcast and how I'm trying to mix work with it. And he said, well, what do you actually want from this situation? And I stopped and I was thinking in my head, oh, I don't know. I haven't even really, yeah, thought too hard about it because I don't think I I wanted to think too much about it. 
And then when he asked me, it was a really good exercise, a really short last minute exercise for me to go through what it was I actually wanted. And now mm. I've got that. So I think it is important to stop and reflect on what it is you actually want. So then again, when those people do come along, you can instantly recognize if that's a life you want to live or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Powerful. One of our clients that we caught up with last week, he was saying that their Monday meeting now, the first, the, all the meeting is two questions. One is um, how, you, how are you tracking towards your personal goals? And so you've got to go around and say, so therefore hmm. you need to have personal goals yeah. to work <laughs> yeah. there and then yeah. you need to be doing something about them. Each week you've got to be, okay, here's what I've done That's to get so myself cool. closer. Yeah. And then the second question is um, how did you contribute to the business last week and how will you contribute this week? And hmm. that's all they talk about on a Monday morning. And that's so productive. Yeah. I'm like, shit, I'm like tempted to bin this stuff and get back to work. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, wow. yeah. But I'm writing it down. I'm like meeting with a client and I'm like always learning, going like, oh, fuck, I'm like, sorry, mate, I'm not being rude. Like, I'm taking some notes here because yeah. I think that's a great framework. Yeah, definitely. And, yeah, so, um, yeah, constantly trying to think about contribution and personal goals and stuff so that it's not just like, oh, well, you know, maybe next year. Do you have a signature piece of advice that you could oh. give to the younger gens? Me again, back when yeah. I first started working with you, someone who's, you know, looking to make something of themselves in life, what would you say to that yeah. person? I can't give you one, but I'll give you a number. Yeah. Um, like one would just be like build yourself up because mm. you can't like you can't rely on external things to build you up. Like if you can't figure out how to do it for yourself, and so if you if you want to for the rest of your life go and get validation from other people and stuff, like eventually, like that's too tiring. It takes too long. So you've got to try and build yourself up and realize like fuck yeah, I'm epic. Like. Even just listening to this, there's a way higher chance that you're going to kick some ass in life than some drifter that is going to shoot you down in the street for not following the rules and thinking that you're too big for your boots, all this bullshit that they want to tell themselves mm. and that they've read and they believe. Like, leave them to it and just remember that if you're already on this path, like trying to learn this stuff, you're going in the right direction. So you're already doing, you know, things that you should be doing, but are you then taking any action to back it up as well? It's important. Um... And getting hard on yourself, I think such a good concept to go, like I'm talking to myself and where I think I learned this is I used to run hills and I would be yelling at myself inside my head, like go faster, you coward. Like, what are you doing, little bitch? Like, stop, get out. Like telling my brain, like, I know I can do this. I've done it a hundred times. Why does it keep telling me, oh, just start walking, man, just start walking. I'm like, fuck off. Mm. And so starting to get harder on yourself to actually like get in control of some of those thoughts. So I'm not saying like sit there and beat yourself up. I'm yeah. saying the exact opposite. I'm like notice You're not feeling that, sorry for yourself. Yeah, and yeah. Just, yeah. And getting yourself to a place where you're like so hard on yourself that you're like, you know, you're, you're breaking down because you're like, you know, you just can't cope with your own pressure on yourself. Like I don't think that's good. Yeah. But just going, you know what, like I want to get in control of these thoughts. And if you're going to tell me to start walking when I'm running up this hill, like that's not good enough. Like mm. I've done this a hundred times. I know a hundred times out of a hundred that I've got up here, you can fuck off. Like mm. I'm not listening to you. So like doing things like that where you're actually going back um, and, and and like building yourself up and reminding yourself like, no, I've got this. Because I see so many people going on social media and stuff like that for motivation, which is cool. And I do the same thing. But ultimately there's a point where you've got to go, 
yeah, fuck, I do believe this. And like, I do have this in me and I can do this and I don't care who's going to come across me this week and shit on me. I'm just going to throw that in the backpack and I'm going to carry them with me for a little bit. And at some stage, I'm going to get them back up and be like, thank you, you served your purpose for helping me get here. And uh, I see a lot of younger people talking about like mental health and that stuff, which is cool. And I think we need that. But I would just warn people, and it's purely my opinion, it's just, you know, like I'm not qualified in this space, but just like make sure you don't use that as an excuse to kind of um, not do things or sort of then go and find other people that are feeling the same way, but they're not doing anything about it. Mm. Like if you want to find teammates that are feeling like anxious, you need to find teammates that don't feel anxious and be like, hey, what did you do? all good to feel down and to and to have those things and go through them like yes we all do but you're not going to find the solutions and other people that are talking about it but haven't figured out how to get themselves out the other side so side so in my you know i'm 33 now the same thing for us it was like oh fuck i've broken my leg at rugby like oh have you gone to the doctor no bro i'm gonna get on the piss tonight and i'll go tomorrow like it's it's all good like fucking my mate did it last week we're heroes it's no different like it's the same but it's just a different Mm. type of conversation now so i think as much as that stuff we need to keep talking about it we need to be figuring out for ourselves okay how can i work through this because we all deal with say if you take the word anxiety everybody's got a different that emotional reaction to what that means for them what they think that feels like and stuff and yeah and i think you also need to separate the mental illness Mm. with like feeling that way for a temporary amount of time yeah and then working on the discipline there and putting yourself in the correct environment to um get the most out of or just be the best version of yourself essentially nice yeah that's that's a good way to explain it so if you like, cause I get down or I get, um, like sometimes I'll get anxious, like really. And I, one thing that helped me with that is I just built a list. I'm like, okay, what things should I do when I get anxious? Mm. I'm like, bang, just started writing a blueprint. And I've never really had to come back to it. Cause now I think I, part of it was like dealing with it. So mm. when I feel myself getting like that, I'm like, oh fuck, I need to know, I need to know what I need to do. Either I need to go to the gym or I need to start doing some of the things that are on my to-do list that are making me feel anxious. Yeah. Um, so if you want to help yourself in those spaces, you've got to like go through some of the shit and deal with it and actually figure out, fuck, what's going on here? Why do I keep feeling like this? Why do I keep waking up on a Sunday, hungover, being like, fuck, like, how do I do that? It comes back to being proactive as well. Yeah. Taking ownership of your own behavior and yeah. what, how you're spending your free time. But I think as well, the, the cool thing that I can see happening that you probably can't because you're in it is that your guys' age group are um you're, like, you're just chasing all this content and chasing being better mm. and it was only like a few years ago that you would say to someone like oh have you listened to this podcast listen to po- oh fuck i don't listen to podcasts like in my age group mm. but now we're kind of getting there but you guys have like growing up with all this information and you're like slowly filtering don't like that don't believe in that don't need to know about that stuff i'm chasing this information and you can find more of it mm. and you know, that's why podcasting has become so big in New Zealand, but it has everywhere else as well. But um, it wasn't that long ago that people were like, oh, my phone's for listening to music, Apple Music and stuff. Now we're like, fuck, give me the information. So keep upskilling yourself and learning and, and actually learning in the right direction that towards where you want to go. Um, be careful of the downside of that going, 
oh, I should be further ahead, I should be further ahead. Because if you always should be further ahead, you're going to die like never getting to where potentially you wanted to be. Hmm. So have goals, tick them off, move towards them, celebrate them, be like, fuck yes, I did that, builds my confidence up, I can set bigger goals, reset, go again, don't just get trapped in the like, oh shit, what's the point in starting um, or this is all too hard or I'd rather just watch that person do their journey this isn't possible for me because everything is possible for us and it's gotten easier with the internet and we need more people to understand that and just have a crack and then we can build up more people around us and then I think we'll start helping things like financial literacy mental health or just fitness in general all those types of things because mm. we'll all be working towards the same goal so we see our mate and it's like oh mate like you're in a massive hole here, you've cheated on your wife and stuff, you think, you know, the world's going to end. Um, like, what do we do to get out of the situation? We're banding together, not like, fuck it, I don't know what to do, mate, I'm leaving you behind here. It's like, yeah. hey, here's some help or here's, you know, this number to call or here's this podcast to listen to, checking back in with them. We've got all these things in our, in our armory now, mm. but we actually need to start using them. Agreed. Bang, there you Couldn't go. Couldn't agree more. Cool. I could speak to you for another four hours, but we've got to end it at some point. Yeah, shit, how long we go there? That's been an hour 15. Wow. But yeah, I really appreciate you coming on and align with the way you think so much. And I think a lot of people will obviously get so much out of this. Um, and they love having you on the podcast. Yeah, well, well, that seemed a little bit more serious this time. I went back and listened to our one about education. There's a fair bit of energy in there. So <laughs> yeah, hopefully some good. practical stuff in there for people to think about yeah, today. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think just like a lot for people to take away and actually act on as well, which is always important. So thank you so much for your time always and can't wait to have you back on and glad to add this to the long list of episodes yeah. we've featured on. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. I really hope you were able to take something valuable away. Um, be sure to subscribe and keep up with the socials for further episodes at The One Up Project, and I'll catch you on the next one.